Welcome back to the show, my loves. On today's episode of the podcast, I talk about seasons and how just like in nature, we also experience differing cycles and seasons inside of ourselves. We are going to have time periods in our lives where we feel very hardworking and creative and extroverted. And we're going to have seasons in our lives when we feel more introverted and when we need more rest and replenishment. I talk about the season I have found myself in right now and how, of course, sometimes it can be challenging to align our day-to-day lives with the season we are currently in on the inside. So I talk a lot about aligning with nature today, how we can allow ourselves to rest and arrive at a place that actually feels good enough inside. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome back, my darlings. We are here, it's Friday, and it's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am, hmm, I'm feeling so content <laughs> right now. I, I'm feeling so content. Content is a perfect word for this feeling in my, in my body, in my being right at this moment. So I'm very comfortable, curled up in my little podcast chair. It has been the hottest week that I have experienced in Sweden in, I can't, I can't remember experiencing, honestly, truly, a week this hot as the past week. It's been up to 32 degrees for a week straight. That's almost 90 degrees Fahrenheit. So Aruba weather, even... Somehow it felt hotter than Aruba weather. I don't know, because it just came like a real heat wave out of nowhere. And um, (laughs) Dennis said something really funny. In Sweden, we have a saying called, there is no such thing as bad weather. There is only bad clothing, except in Swedish, it rhymes. There is no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. 
And uh, I've been telling him, repeating the saying a lot over the winter months and when things were really cold and the winter was lasting a long time and to get him to go outside even when it was raining and gray, you know. There's no such thing as bad weather. There's only bad clothing. We bundle up, you dress for the weather, and we can still spend all day outside. And yesterday, in the peak of this heat wave, I don't know what happened to him. He just, like we were in the garden working. We were filling the last bed. I keep adding garden beds to my garden, and I needed his help. And he was kind of reluctantly like filling a bed. He didn't really want to, but he promised he would help. And then halfway, he just lays the shovel down and he looks at me and he says, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I can't stand up. I I have to go lie down. And he just left <laughs> and went into this shady, shaded area of our, of our deck and laid there for I don't know how long. I, he just completely overheated. He just collapsed. And this is an Aruban man who has spent his entire life living in the Caribbean in the hottest weather, you know, no seasons, no winter time, like it's just hot all year round. He just couldn't deal. You know? And then later, I don't know, maybe he was a little bit dehydrated from not drinking enough the day before. And he was, he took a long bike ride in the sun. I mean, you know, you know, you know, Dennis by now, he's not, he's not the best at, at drinking and staying hydrated. And then when he felt a little bit better, and I was kind of joking, I'm like, hey, hey, Caribbean man, are you okay over there? You know, you're dealing with the Swedish weather, okay? So he looks at me from over the other end of the couch, and he says, well, you know, in Aruba, we have this saying. I'm like, what do you mean? What, what saying? It's like about the weather, we have this saying. I, maybe you've heard it. And I said, no. I said, there's no such thing as too hot weather. There's only such a thing as too little AC. <laughs> and he was... <laughs> He was so content, like happy with himself. There's no such thing as a two, a day that's too hot. There's only not enough air conditioning. Like that was his whole thing. Because in Aruba, everything is air conditioned. And we really lived that air conditioned life when we were living there. Every room of the house, we had an air conditioning unit. You know, every house on the whole highland has that in every room. And, you know, wherever you go, you go to the grocery store, you go to the cinema, you go to a restaurant, like it, it's going to be very cool, almost sometimes too cold. Like going to the cinema in Aruba, we would put on wooly socks and jeans and bring sweaters because it was always freezing cold in the cinema, which is just crazy, right? But so he was kind of kind of giving me a little poke that we don't have AC here. I mean, Sweden, it's very rare Obviously, it's Sweden, you know, to find a, a house that's air conditioned, you, you just don't find it. But I think last summer also was just, it, you know, there was this wave of just unbelievable heat. And what happens in Sweden is when it gets really, really hot, that's also when the mosquitoes come. And we've had the whole summer season so far, we haven't had a single mosquito. We've been really... We were under this impression like, oh, we just live in this magical place. Maybe we are, we're on a little hill and it's a little bit windy here. Maybe we don't get mosquitoes because at my brother's house, he lives more on a farm. It's really bad there. So he has screens, of course, on all of his windows and doors. We don't have any screens here because we haven't had any mosquito issues. And then the week it got crazy hot was the week the mosquitoes totally arrived. But then we were air conditioning less and screenless, so no ability to sleep with the doors and the windows open because then we just get completely eaten by the mosquitoes. But it was literally, you know, it's 90 degrees. It's, it's so, so, so hot. So Dennis was saying we need to get a unit and I caved. 
<laughs> I think we were gonna we were gonna borrow one from my my brother had like a unit that he like one of those portable ones that you can roll into a room. And it comes with a hose that you stick out of the window for the hot air, something like that. I don't know how these things work. And then he said he would he would give it to us. And then it got even hotter and he changed his mind. So <laughs> we now have this since the past two days. We have this. It's it's this ancient looking. I don't even know what it is. It's some kind of cooling system, but it sounds like a jet engine. So it's just, it's really, I don't know. I was just laughing at us just yesterday. I can't believe like we're in Sweden and it's too hot for Dennis. And he has made us get this weird ass <laughs> air conditioning unit. Oh, this poor, this poor Caribbean man. Like he doesn't know. <laughs> Every season just brings a new, a new surprise to him. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. But so anyway, <laughs> I'm sitting here totally content because while it's been a really beautiful week, some of our best, closest, favorite friends, family, humans um, came to visit us from LA. We haven't seen them since before the pandemic. It's been a long time. They are the people that we always stay with every time we go to Los Angeles. And now we haven't been. I saw them when I was there for that short trip a couple months ago. But Dennis hasn't seen them, I think, since 2019. And Leia also, she was only two. So they were here for a week. And we had just a really beautiful summer, Swedish summer week you know, spent at the lake and drinking lots of wine and cooking together and spending all day, all day just swimming and playing. And it's been just such a lovely vacation week. And then they just left. And today I woke up in the morning and it's the first day. It's not a million degrees in the past, I don't know, 10 days or something like that. It's just a little overcast. It rained a little bit last night. Thank goodness my garden really needed it. And... I I spent all day in the garden, which I do most days, but something about today, just walking barefoot in the garden without anything really to do, 
any gardeners out there or people who are growing stuff, which I feel is a lot of you listening. I know you're growing something or growing a lot or you have a dream of growing something. And oftentimes I find myself when I'm in the garden, I have a purpose, you know, I'm doing this or I'm doing that and I'm working on something and I'm creating or building or figuring things out or, and it's so lovely when you have those days when just everything seems like it's totally in balance, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I've been having those days where it's just, I just want to walk around kind of talking to my plants and, you know, just being in the garden more than doing things in the garden. And I walked over to our strawberry patch and harvested a whole, a whole basket of strawberries. Some of them even, I haven't checked on the strawberry patch in two or three days. And in this sun and in this heat, they've just ripened so quickly. So some of them were even overripe. I put the overripe ones in the dehydrator I'm planning to make. I've never done that ever. I mean, I've never found myself in a place ever in this world where I have too many strawberries. I mean, who who has that problem? <laughs> no one, no one. It's never happened in my life that I have too many strawberries or strawberries that are overripe, you know. So I, I put them in the dehydrator. And I don't know if you've ever had, and I'm not talking a freeze-dried strawberries. I feel like those are pretty common. You know, the ones that are really crispy, they're also good. But a, a dried strawberry, when they're really gooey and sticky and oh, at least the ones I've had in the past have been like little gems of strawberry, summer-flavored candies almost. So I put two trays in the dehydrator. I think it's going to take a long time to dehydrate strawberries, maybe 24 hours or something like that. But I put a bunch of them in there. And as I did, I realized I had all of these dandelion roots that I'd put in the dehydrator. I harvested. Can you even say that you're harvesting dandelion when dandelion literally is is everywhere? I, <laughs> I don't know. But on this property here, we have so many of them. And I had a, a day like a week ago when I was just I was pulling one after the other, these huge ones, and uh, cleaned them off and filled the whole entire dehydrator just with dandelion root. And then I forgot about them. So now that I went in with my strawberries, I was like, oh, yeah, I have all this dandelion root. So I, I just, I, I don't know, that feeling of, of, for me at least, gathering things from nature, the combination of, of growing my own foods and tending to my garden, with taking care of the land, with foraging, like the combination of that. It's just such beautiful layers of being held, feeling so held by nature and holding nature at the same time. There's something to me that's just so absolutely peaceful about that. And, uh, I just, you know, I have so much dirt under my fingernails and in my, in between my toes and in my feet. I just, I need a good bath to, to scrub myself, which I haven't done. I've only taken like lake, <laughs> lake baths. But anyway, I, I took a cold shower and then I came in here and I just took a breath and I just realized I am so content. And I feel it in my whole my whole body right now, this feeling of just contentment. I uh, I don't have this big, huge, mega reason, you know, to, to feel really content. And I think that's what true contentment actually is. That's the difference between contentment and happiness or excitement or something like that. I feel like oftentimes I'll, I'll be really happy 
when something good is happening, you know, when something, I get good news or something works out or um, I'm with a really happy person, you know, happiness is so infectious like that. But contentment to me really is, is more about just that feeling of, of, of groundedness in my body, that I have no fire to put out. There's no major problem I have to solve, no panic, no sense of unsafety anywhere in my body. And it doesn't mean that everything is, is, is perfect in every way, right? It's just this feeling of, of belonging, I guess, to me brings a sense of contentment. And I feel that the easiest, truly, when I, I grab my little, one of my little harvesting baskets and I go outside and I water my garden and I walk around the, the land and I tend to things that need tending to and harvest things when I find them and forage for things when they come up. And the more I get to lean into this kind of life, which just... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it really. I have never felt more abundant in my entire life. And I have probably never worked less at money making endeavors, if that makes sense. I've never, um, you know, I, I used to really spend all day working at my job, right? And now I, I really feel like I'm in this lull. I'm in this this quiet space where I am not focused on anything resembling a career or teaching or touring or even creating something. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing anything like that. And uh, I have never felt more abundant in my life. There's a different feeling to that kind of abundance. You know, I, I know the kind of abundance of getting a book deal, for instance, the feeling of, of getting a book deal and having something really great come my way or a big paycheck for some reason or finishing a tour or having completed a big retreat. Like there's abundance in that and the work that I've been doing for the past so many years. But that kind of abundance, which of course is very fulfilling and a huge privilege and a blessing and is what sustained my family for, for the past decade. That kind of abundance feels so different from the kind of abundance I'm, I'm feeling or experiencing now. This level of abundance of, of knowing that no matter what happens, that even if I, I, I don't make another dollar for the rest of the month, I, I don't head down any new path of, of work. I'm just, you know, if I would remain the way I am, I have a feeling in my bones that I can take care of myself. And I've never had that feeling. I really have this, this sense of safety right now that even if the world would go completely upside down and I would be completely out of a job and we would have no income whatsoever, I feel like I could take care of myself by taking care of this land. Now, probably, you know, there would be a, a, a gazillion, obviously, you know, hardships and troubles along the way, but... I, I'm I'm a step closer to being self-sustaining, knowing that I actually know how to grow my own foods. I actually really do know how to grow my own foods. Now I'm a beginner and I have so much to learn and there are a million things I want to grow into and figure out and I'm doing it small scale, but I feel so 
abundance picking this basket of strawberries. I don't know if you remember, but last week, was it last week? I shared this really intense dream that I had. Basically, I was like a, a I was like a midwife <laughs> helping my garden bed give birth to potatoes. I was checking the potatoes to see if they were ready. And today the potatoes were ready. I guess, I mean, I could have waited another week or I could have, you know, harvested them last week. But just today was the day I felt excited and all the flowers. I, I've never grown potatoes. So honestly, I don't know yet. I don't have that feeling yet that you get after having grown the same kind of vegetable or plant again and again. You know, if you if you do it again and again, after a while, you just know when things are at their peak, at their most ripe, at their most ready. And these are summer potatoes. So you're not actually supposed to store them in the ground for too long. You know, they don't really have a skin even. They're meant to just be picked and boiled and eaten right away, just with nothing, just with like butter and some flaky salt, like oh, some sea salt. <laughs> I just got goosebumps. I just got goosebumps thinking of a fresh, freshly harvested summer potato with butter and sea salt. Oh, is there something better than that? <laughs> so anyway, I um, I actually got to straddle one of my potato beds this morning with both hands, you know, elbow deep in the soil, <laughs> helping helping the garden give birth to all of these potatoes. And I, there were so many of them. I don't know what's normal. I mean, maybe I have a poor harvest. Honestly, I wouldn't know. Maybe I have a totally average harvest for this size garden bed. Maybe it's a very abundant harvest. I have no clue. But I have kilos and kilos of potatoes. And, and, and I don't even like I, it's the feeling that comes with that. There's a richness of growing your own foods and knowing that, you know, I, I, I started sprouting these potatoes back in, I don't even know, February, maybe I'm March. It's been months and really tending to them and taking care of them and then having a whole garden bed worth of potatoes in paper bags in my fridge. There is a feeling to that that I cannot compare with anything else. That feeling is, to me right now, it beats a book deal. And maybe that sounds totally insane, but I I want more of this level of abundance, that feeling of oh, picking chamomile flowers that I grew from seed. And I know there's it's kind of silly, I guess, because I can go to the store and probably one of the, I can go to my health food store and I can buy two pounds of chamomile flowers dried. You know, I can go to any grocery store and find bags of chamomile tea, you know, or boxes of chamomile tea. It's a very readily, you know, it's easy to find. It's not that expensive. But the feeling of harvesting my own chamomile flowers that I grew and then putting them in my own tea bag. <laughs> That is a different cup of tea. That is a different, different experience altogether. It feels different. It tastes different. It smells different. The whole experience of drinking that cup is 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 wildly different than the the one I just grabbed that I got at the store, you know. And I'm kind of 
play around a little bit with with this balance because what we're doing now or what I'm doing now, I have to say we because Dennis is is such a huge part of this. And it's funny because I'm kind of leading the way. I'm the one who's really, truly wanting to make this my whole entire life. And um, for him, it's more like this is a hobby kind of thing. You know, he enjoys working in the garden. And sometimes I feel like I have to really ask for his help because sometimes he doesn't feel like it. And uh, it's still, you know, I, I don't I don't want him to I don't want him to be dragged into gardening or into any of this. And we've already agreed that if I do decide to get animals, I'm on my own. I had to promise him that completely. Like if, listen, if you figure out a way to get a cow or chickens or whatever, like Leia really wants some bunnies, you know, he's like, I'm all for it. Go ahead. Sounds really lovely, but I am not in charge. Like this is you all the way, you know, you're not waking me up in the morning because you're tired one day to go feed that cow. Okay. Or to go shovel <laughs> like poop. That's on you. We, we, we have a handshake agreement there. But he, um, just hearing him, you know, our friends visiting and sometimes like now he has a friend visiting from Aruba who's here for a couple of days. They have a triathlon this weekend and I love getting really quiet, you know, when he has people over, just letting him lead the way and just listening to him speak and the pride in his voice. So the first thing he shows anyone who visits is he shows the garden and look at what we're growing, you know, and this, this is potatoes, right, Rach? This is potatoes, right, right? And he'll point and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's potatoes. Yeah, they're almost ready, you know, from this one. And then this is eggplant and yeah, you know, filling these beds was a lot of work and yeah, the compost, man. Okay, so the compost is over here and he explains kind of, because we didn't have a proper composting system in Aruba and he's just, and then he'll point out the wild strawberries. Yeah, you just pick them and they grow everywhere. If you see them, you just take them and over here we have this and here's, we're doing that and this is apple trees and he's just watching him give the little tour of the land and the garden brings me so much joy. I mean, uh, so much joy because he, <laughs> he's way more into it than he, than he wants to admit to me, you know, and I can kind of, I can sense working with, with, with the land, you know, spending time in nature, being outside, which we are in a totally different way living here than we ever were in Aruba. It's, it's doing something for him. And I think he spends less time thinking about these kinds of things than I do, you know, contemplating them, recording a podcast every single week, talking about what's moving in my inner world and the connection to nature and all these things. For him, I think it's more casual and more in the everyday, but I can really see a change in him since we moved here, you know, uh, more of a longing to be outside. And if I compare our lives in Aruba, you know, how much time we spent indoors, which was basically all day, how much time we spent in front of a screen, we really used to do that. Like we were, because we were indoor all the time and we were working so much all the time and it would be very common for us to make lunch and then turn on the TV and watch something on the TV. Uh, super common. Uh, and it was kind of like our we definitely had a day to day that was more that was that was yeah it felt more artificial felt more mm, 
less time just speaking with each other. And that's something that naturally happens when there's no screen, when there's no other distraction, like working side by side in the garden really is that. And then we're, we start talking and we get into deep topics and we share, we have a more natural dynamic in our day to talk about our feelings and to process what's moving and where we are and where we're going. Whereas making lunch and then sitting in front of a TV, it's like you don't, you don't talk, you don't do that at all. And it's not like we did that all the time and every day, but there was more of that. It's harder to resist the screen when the screen is there. And here we don't we don't have a TV. And I, I, I really don't want one. Sometimes I, like right now, we're watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy with Leia, which <laughs> might sound insane. She's five years old. But she is loving it. I, she's loving it. We've all, I mean, we watched all the Harry Potter movies. I mean, long ago. She is so loving it. Every time she sees an orc, she laughs. She's been laughing a lot. Really loves the hobbits. She cried real actual tears when Gandalf died. Oh my God, okay. I'm not, I, I can't possibly spoil a movie this old, right? And a movie this big and famous. Okay, no. <laughs> so in the first movie, yeah, when, when Gandalf falls into the pit, you know, fire with a fire monster. She cried real tears. She was so sad. And she goes, mommy, mommy, will he come back to life? He will come back to life, right? Will he come back to life? And I'm like, honey, do you want me to to tell you or do you want to wait, watch the movies and find out? And she really had to think about it. She was like, but no, I want to wait. I want, I want to find out on my own. I was like, okay, I'm not going to tell you. I think she has a, she has a feeling he's, he's going to return. But so doing that, like we do that on my little laptop because it's, it's what we have. And for those moments, like an evening like that, yeah, I wish we had a TV. It would be so cozy to curl up on the couch, all of us at a normal size TV. But it's really rare for us to, I, I haven't had that feeling or that longing almost at all. When we've been sick, like when we had COVID, I, I can I can remember feeling that feeling. Oh, I wish we had a TV so we could all just like be here together doing this. But I, I don't I don't think we're gonna get one. We the house is so small. We don't have a natural space for one. We have a living room, but the living room faces the lake and these floor to ceiling, you know, windows. So it, it would make no sense to block the view with a with an ugly TV. You know, no. So. Anyway, we're not doing that. And now, you know, it means every single time, like every time we eat lunch, we would never think of turning on a TV or watching a show. Instead, we take our lunch outside and we talk. So I, I just having this space to be outside, tending to this garden, having the seasons shift outside of our doorstep, it really is not just changing our day to day, but I think it's changing our relationship it's it's definitely changing our lives in a in a good way. Now that doesn't mean that everything is butterflies and rainbows and you know I think Dennis has had a couple of a couple of dips since we came here. Absolutely. He is actively looking for a job right now which is scary and exciting and you know we've always worked so much together. And now that, you know, he doesn't have a studio 
to manage here. It doesn't have a cafe and a restaurant to manage here. We are not producing anything right now since I have slowed way down. Normally he's always filming and taking photos and setting up these big productions for all of our classes and, you know, filming the home course was a crazy endeavor, which obviously didn't end that long ago. And uh, now that I, my life has quieted down, so has his, and he has this really beautiful longing to, to go do his own thing right now. I think it would be good, you know, we are way out in the woods and for him to just have a regular day-to-day job to go to, it would just been a long time since he had that having been a business owner and an entrepreneur for this many years and life is just completely shifting. And when I ask him like, what would you like to do? I could see him doing so many different things. This is really a true Jack of all trades. Like you can put Dennis in any constellation and he will find a purpose there. You know, he's so good at leading people and guiding people. And, and of course, you know, a videographer and a photographer and a producer and he has he's so many talents in these areas and then I also think he would he keeps joking about it like he has this idea he would love to open a roastery like he he's such such a coffee nerd and so into the coffee world having a cafe again maybe um, or opening a roastery to roast his own coffee, maybe. Or, and then sometimes he's like, you know, I would be so happy being a bike mechanic, like at a real, like hardcore bike shop. You know, I think he would so love that. And then I've been telling him, you know, you could, why don't you just build your own website and become a, just, just sell your services as a photographer or as a videographer. I'm sure so many people would love, would love, love to have your amazing you know, the amazing things you create. But he's so modest. He's almost modest. Like he's, that's very un-Aries of him. He's an Aries sun and a Cancer moon. He's more into the leaning into his, his Cancer and all the water in his chart in this area. But he's so modest. Like really, truly, even the things that he is totally amazing at, where he excels, where he is way better than average, where he has so much experience, he would never tell anyone, oh, well, yeah, I'm good at this. You know, he's always so modest and so humble. And, you know, and I say, hey, how many, how many magazine covers have you shot? Truly? I, I don't, I think he's shot more than 15, maybe 20 magazine covers. Fully, you know, where he's, and he's never once gotten paid ever. You know, that's just not how, that's not who he is. He would never, whenever a magazine is like, oh, we need, we would like to put Rachel on the cover of so-and-so and uh, and we would love for that to be fresh and new and exciting. Here's what we need. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. No big deal. <laughs> and he does that. So how many photographers can say that? He's like, no, I'm just, I'm just an amateur. I'm just doing it for fun, you know? And I'm like, well, literally we've had photographers and videographers employed full-time by the company who have less experience than you, who you guided. And if they give anyone their resume, it just says at the top, they're a videographer, they're a photographer. And he would never say that. You know, he would never claim that title. He's always like, I'm just dabbling in that. I'm just learning. And (laughs) so we'll see where he, um, where he lands. It's a really big shift for us to even be in these conversations honestly. Um, And I don't know, because of course, it means as well that this kind of quiet space I'm in now, 
probably at some point it's going to end and I'm going to, you know, go back to more regular work or, you know, decide to do trainings and retreats again, or the next time I want to create a course, which is going to come soon. I know that it's going to mean that I don't have Dennis available and ready for anything needed at any time. You know, it's going to be super, super, super different. But I have this feeling that we're ready for that shift in our relationship. I think we're ready for that shift in our in our family as well. And I, I think all of us are ready for something that's a little bit more normal in the day to day. If that makes sense. I I I I don't know. I don't know where it's gonna take us really. If I could spend the rest of the year, I don't want to say the rest of my life because I know I I pick things up on a whim and I suddenly get excited about something new. But the way I feel right now, that this level of contentment that I feel in my body, if I could spend the rest of the year just doing this, just quietly spending time in the garden, (laughs) talking about it on the podcast, it's almost like, you know how we have different seasons in life? I so believe this. I, I so, so, so know this to be true that we have different seasons in life and different se- and they of course don't generally align with the, with the seasons of nature all the time, you know, but we have a season of rest needed where naturally we want to turn inward more. We want to slow down more. It's more, it's like a natural winter, you know. We can see that in nature. Nature needs that time to recuperate and slow down and turn inward and let things die, right? And then the contrast of that or the opposite of that being summer, this time of lots of movement and aliveness and having things come to fruition and, you know, a blossoming of things. Like there's a, where we become more directed outward and maybe more social and more excited to spend time with people and we want to travel and we want to go out and be out and about and this totally different energy right and we have seasons of of really hard work and season of seasons of feeling really inspired and creative and seasons when we mother or father something and seasons when we mother or father ourselves and I think for the first time in my whole entire life I am in this (laughs) winter season in the middle of summer. <laughs> I, I really feel like I'm in this very slow, very introspective, contemplative, quiet season of my life right now where I honestly feel like I'm not, I, I don't need to create anything. And yeah, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm creating something. I'm, I'm tending to this land and I'm in my garden and I'm a mother and, you know, I'm, the, still the provider of the family and things like that. I'm, there's always a doing in all of this, in this rest as well. But week by week, I can sense more of a slowing down inside of myself. Even if, you know, I'm doing a lot of things on the outside, inside, I feel super quiet. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't sound totally right since I you know, especially since you're listening to me talking about how I feel <laughs> for an entire hour every single week. But I do feel quiet. I don't feel this need to to share every little thing that comes up in 
my life. I don't feel this need to be out there. And I feel very introverted, truly. I don't feel very social. I don't feel this need to be creating, to be doing, to be very... I've always had this huge need to have a clear direction of, okay, I know I'm going this way. This is my purpose. I'm making a change here. I am purposeful here. I am, I matter. I am creating something, producing something, you know, of service. This is what I'm doing. And right now, to be totally honest, I feel very directionless. And I talk about this in therapy a lot. I, it's my first time ever feeling, I think I'm feeling kind of lost, even though I feel very content. I also, I don't really know what I'm doing with my life. And I, at the same time, don't feel an urge to fix that. I don't feel an urge to, to figure it out. I feel content dwelling in this introspective space. I can, at least the way I feel now, honor this season of my life. Um, having had, a, I guess, a lifetime of, of incessant movement and incessant never-ending doing and fixing and rescuing and figuring out and building and growing and hustling how I have hustled in my life. And now I feel no need for any of that. And even as I can kind of hold this sense of being directionless of I don't, you know, I'm 33 years old, what am I, what am I supposed to do with my life? I, I don't know. And it's the first time I don't know. And I also don't feel this need to figure that out. I, uh, I don't have to have these months of my life be this time to get to the bottom of stuff or carve out a new path or figure out what else I'm good at doing or no, no. I am actually pretty good content not knowing at least at least right now at least right in this moment and I have this feeling that it's the little things in the day-to-day right that basket of strawberries harvesting potatoes you know keeping my hands grounded in the soil every day and planting the seeds that I'm planting and taking care of my daughter and taking care of this household and being here like the walking barefoot and the tree I hug every day and the little things that add up are really what allows me to remain in that not knowing. I think if I didn't have those things, if I didn't have the things that are really tethering me to the ground right now, probably I would feel pretty panicked or I would spin myself into movement again, you know, and go figure that out and go create that and go do this. And yeah, Almost like this feeling that I've always had that I ended up in this unbelievably privileged situation where I have a community of people who listen to me and I have these millions of people on social media and it's such a privilege. It's such a blessing. I have to take advantage of that. I can't just let that be, right? I have to do something with it. I have to create something with it and grow something with it. And right now, I don't feel that way at all. I can just let everything be. And maybe that means that, you know, some of you guys listening maybe don't want to come along for the ride of that. And that's okay. You know, that really is 
okay, I don't feel this need to be talking to millions of people all the time anymore. I have this feeling that maybe there's lots of you that actually are in the similar place as I am, where you are figuring out a different pace in life, where you want to connect to that similar feeling of abundance that comes from something more purposeful, that comes from something more ancestral, more primal, more grounded. <laughs> that that feeling that I think we've all had, you know, cooking a really great meal for our family. Like there's something in that small act that's so big. <sighs> Tucking our children in like at the end of the day or watching them sleep. Like there's something so... Oh, bring such contentment, you know, the little things, completing a task or a project or <sighs> finishing something creative or, you know, like the little big, they're little and huge, right? They're little and they're everything. We've all had those moments and we all long for those moments and we all cherish those moments. But then, but then there's something else that's, I think for a lot of us been kind of telling us that we have to aim for more you know we have to be really 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 successful over here we have to produce all these things over here we have to get to something that makes us feel good enough like there's a feeling of not enoughness inside all the time that not enoughness is like it's this gaping hole that we just try to fill by being better and doing better or looking better or making more money or you know, and it's all kind of feeding this beast of not enoughness that's never full. Never full. I don't think I, I ever felt more enough the more money I made or felt more enough, you know, the more people followed me on social media or felt more enough if I had a good review on my book or, you know, getting good feedback, like none of that. The more I hustled, the less enough I felt. The more I hustled, the more I had to keep hustling to keep that feeling of enoughness somehow balanced, right? It never was, at least how I lived. I never, none of those things, you know, the harder I worked or the more I produced or the faster I, I was running didn't help me feel more content, didn't make me feel like I was good enough. And somehow I also had this idea that, well, it's not enough to just just be a mom, right? It's not enough to just have a day-to-day a -day job. It's not enough to just put food on the table. It's not enough to just be who I am. You know, I have to be better. I have to do better. I have to look better. I have to improve myself. I have to be great, you know? I have to succeed. I have to be the best and all of these expectations, you know, means we have to continue running really, really, really fast and compare ourselves to other people, you know, and maybe have that feeling of competing with other people and looking how other people are doing better and we're not over there and what are, we could be doing so much more and there's always more. And I think there is something inside of us that just longs for that quiet, simple life of taking care of our families, of taking care of the earth, 
of returning to a way of life that feels more in alignment with who we really are. And I find that the more time we spend immersed in the things that bring us that feeling of contentment in work that feels purposeful. I'm not talking, you know, like being lazy or doing nothing all day, but in work that makes us feel purposeful rather than try to get to a place where we feel good enough. You know, I'm talking that, that feeling that you get like cooking for your family when you're able to, to do that and be really all in for that. And whenever I was, you know, in that hustling energy of my life, I didn't have the time and the space to actually immerse myself in the things that really, really mattered. And right now, I, I would rather do the more manual labor of the day to day. And I would rather have less And I would rather lower those expectations in a way that I think is probably really kind, you know, like what if I don't have to be the best at everything I do? What if I don't have to get this perfect? What is it that actually brings me a feeling of contentment? And how can I immerse myself in more of that? And if I sense this level of abundance in my life that's really there and really real, well, suddenly space opens up to share, right? To share some of that overflow with people that don't have the same level of abundance yet. And how can I aid and support other people in getting to that place or to something that feels similar? You know, because... Some of us hustle and grind to feel enough. And some of us hustle and grind to just have enough. And those are two very, very, very different places to be. There's a difference between actually not having enough and having enough but feeling like you don't have enough. Feeling like you always need more or like you could be more. And if we are ever in one of these places where all of a sudden we feel abundant and life opens up this graceful place for us to rest and to retreat and to actually be in a winter of our lives where we can be introspective and contemplate like that privilege is there for a reason. And I think about that a lot. If I were to take this year and squander it and not appreciate it you know what a what what a blessing to be here and to be able to 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 be in the garden and to walk through the woods and to have that season of my life actually appreciated what a blessing and I don't want to waste that you know because this is what we all deserve it's what we're all worthy of and I know that by allowing myself to soften into this more vulnerable, grounded, authentic place, I'll be able to be of greater service too. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I don't know yet. (laughs) And I guess I just have to be okay not knowing. 
So the question is, are you okay not knowing? Hmm. The season in your life that you're in right now, does it feel manageable? Do you feel like you need to ask for help or change or shift something for things to become manageable? Or are you resisting the season you're in for other reasons? Maybe something moving inside of you that's hard to allow. You know, it's hard to allow ourselves to actually rest. It's hard to make that change in our lives. Especially if that voice inside tells us we're not enough. You have to keep going, keep moving just for the sake of moving. Hmm. Let's... um. Take a deep, deep, long, full breath in. Open the mouth and let go. Take a moment to just be with yourself right now if you have the space can close your eyes, place a hand to the heart, and really check in with yourself. What is the season you are in right now actually like? Remember, it doesn't have to align with the actual season outside your doorstep. Are you feeling outgoing, creative? Are you ready to work, sensing lots of energy? Or are you in that need for rest? Are you more contemplative, introspective? What is life asking of you right now in this season of your life? And can you actually listen? What do you need to align with the rhythm that life has already brought your way? A rhythm that life is asking for you to align with. What do you need to arrive at that place of contentment in life? Even if it's just a few minutes of that. What can you give or offer to yourself today to really be with where you are? Hmm. I am sitting here with a big smile on my face, just just remembering the basket of strawberries that I picked today and knowing that that is enough. If I do nothing else, <laughs> that's really helpful to me for the rest of the day. That moment I gifted myself did so much for me. You know, sometimes it's not about changing our entire lives, but gifting ourselves that one thing, that one experience that we have space for today. And take a moment to really figure out what that could be for you. And then go give yourself that. Go give yourself that. Do it right now. Ah. <sighs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I'm so happy we get to journey through the seasons of our lives, all of us together. 
I'll be back, of course, next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I am so happy you are here with me. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, and review the episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. And of course, a big thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>